G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Some significant developments to catch up with today. You might be aware of an amazing evangelism outfit called Operation 513, a group of Christians from different denominational backgrounds who are passionate about fulfilling the Great Commission. They have teams in Brisbane and on the Gold Coast, Hobart, in Melbourne, in Toowoomba, Warwick and even in Auckland, New Zealand. But they're expanding and they've added to a well-organised and effective work of evangelism the idea of evangelism to parents considering abortion. Andrew Novich is heading up this new arm of the ministry called Project 139. Andrew, welcome along to 2020. Daniel, good to be with you. Andrew, tell us about Project 139 uh, based on Psalm 139. Yeah, so um, Operation 513, I should firstly say, derives its name from Matthew 513, which is that we're salt and light of the earth. And Project 139 is kind of a a sub-ministry of that, playing on the same headline of Operation 513, taking after Psalm 139 that we're fearfully, wonderfully made. Fearfully and wonderfully made. And when you use those words, you know, talking about a new life being formed in the womb and that this is a little life that has the endorsement of God. Yes, yes. So from a biblical point of view, we would say that there is sanctity in human life simply because we're made in God's image and that the incarnation of Christ affirms human life beginning from conception all the way through to the point of death that Christ actually shared in every single stage of human life with us as as a zygote, as an embryo, as a fetus, as a baby, as a child, as an, as, as an adult, and as the adult that would be crucified for the sins of the world. And so from a biblical point of view, we, we affirm that human life begins and, and is equally valuable at all stages. Now, Andrew, something controversial, because I know that the new outfit isn't necessarily being well-received by already established pro-life groups. Now, this is because you're taking a particular dimension in the message of being pro-life, and while you're talking about a fearfully, wonderfully made, beautiful human being being formed in the in the womb, you're not afraid to be able to speak about what it is to end the life of that individual. Yeah, so I guess the way that we would categorize it and, and aim to categorize it is to is when we're talking about anything, our desire is to bring glory to God first and foremost. And to aim to do that is to speak the truth that his word speaks to us. And one of these truths is that the taking of human life that is unlawful is is considered to be to be murder. And we don't we don't delight in using these terms because of the the gravity of the situation and because of the consequences of what happens. But we realize that by using the language that God chooses to use it magnifies who God is, even um, the law we consider as bringing glory to God, and so much more so would the gospel bring glory to God. And so part of desiring to bring forward the law of God, which is that you should not murder, is this idea that we realize that without Christ, that we are sinners before God in every single facet of life. 
and it points and magnifies the gospel of Jesus Christ that we're in need of a savior because we can't deliver ourselves from from our sins. Interesting, isn't it, that when there are pro-life groups that might hold back from using that word, the M word, murder, and yet when you come from a Christian foundation, and I should say that not all pro-life groups do, but when you come from a Christian foundation and things are a little more black and white, when you recognize that simply aligned with the Ten Commandments, one of those commandments is... As some people say, thou shalt not kill, but the intent and the meaning of that command is thou shalt not murder. So using the word murder to take a life really is a biblical foundation, isn't it? Yes, yeah. As far as you can see through the scripture, it is very clear as to what is uh, what is murder and, and that any, any kind of biblical foundation needs to be rooted in that because everything should be pointing towards Christ the Saviour. And, and the necessity of Christ as being the Saviour. And so if you if you try and remove this this aspect of sin in one of the most serious situations that we can think of, which is the taking of another human life. And if you remove the sin from that issue, you're not pointing people to Christ. You're pointing them to some other solution or to some other problem, which is... Yeah, we we struggle to see how how you can do that. And here's another dimension that sets you apart in contrast to some levels in other pro-life organizations in the fact that you're very happy to use that word sin. Because when you come from a position where you say uh, we're a secular organization, it's very difficult to incorporate that word sin. But if you've already come to an appreciation that murder is one of the commandments being broken, that sin then is what is the result of taking the life of a child, then it's actually, it's fine as a Christian to call it those things. Uh, some people, though, might feel offended by that, but uh, but you're not so much concerned about offense as uh, as actually letting people know the truth. Yeah, well, I mean, we live in a we live in a culture today where people are very scared of speaking truth because it's offensive, but that's the very nature of truth is that it can be offensive. But it's the truth that actually sets you free. If you're not aware of the truth of the situation, how can you be set free from it? And the role of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And so bringing forward sin, bearing it through God's word, is actually illuminating to someone their own wickedness. And by understanding that, they can actually understand who they are without God. And, and, that's, and that's the whole point of it, is to point to Christ, is, and to point to, to Christ resurrected. Because... We'd say that I, I don't think for any moment of time that I conceived sanctity of life within myself. It's because God's word bears witness to the sanctity of human life. And so if the ministry of the Holy Spirit has given me my own convictions, why would I think or hope for someone to receive those same convictions outside of God's word? And so when we've got this connection now between evangelism and a real practical illustration of where evangelism can really work, because when you can point out that something that is happening or about to happen is murder, and that then is sin, very easy for people to recognize that there is a a contrast between what they do with their life today and what the high expectation of God is so easy to see we're sinners if you're in the middle of an act that could be very easily defined as sin. Exactly, exactly. And so th- this is this is uh, our heart's desires because I mean I would never and no one else would ever consider themselves as more righteous than anyone who is committing an abortion or 
or better than a person that's committing an abortion because we all have sins and all of our sins cause us to fall short of the glory of God and has caused us to be separated from God. But God uses this sin to to draw us back to him. He, he uses what where we have fallen from him so that we can be drawn back from him. And so by calling out sin what it is and the nature of it is, it's an act of love towards this person that they would realize that, that what they are doing is, is, is not in accordance with God's will or purpose and so that they would see that they, that they are falling short of God's glory. And this can be in aspects of lust, in terms of adultery, in terms of idolatry, in terms of stealing or theft or, or any kind of things. But in the, in the arena of abortion where it's the taking of human life, it's the act of murder. And so the whole point of trying to speak about this as sin is to point them to Christ. Yeah. Well, Andrew, some people might be thinking, that all sounds good in theory, but what happens in practice? As I understand it, for a relatively new organization, you can already point to eight little lives saved as a result of your approach to evangelism and being a pro-life form of evangelism. Some of those cases, what can you tell us about those little lives already saved? Oh, well, I mean, God has uh, been wonderful and gracious towards this ministry and towards saving um, these babies and and he has been completely merciful to these families and and we truly give all the praise all the praise and glory to God. What we'd say is when, when we when we go out there we define ourselves as a Christian ministry and so because it's that it's Christ who's building His church and it's it's not us and so we don't necessarily seek to labor with people who do not profess Christ as Lord and Savior of their lives because God said that it's not by might or by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. And so we want God's Holy Spirit. We want the Holy Spirit to be with us out when we're outside of these clinics. And so our aim is to engage with these mothers and fathers who are going in, and we aim to use biblical language towards them, and we aim to use factual information towards them, and in the hope that God will bear witness to his own creation and to, to what is happening inside of the mother's inside of the mother's womb. And... Through that, we hope to proclaim the gospel. And so there's been some wonderful situations where uh, one case is uh, there's a Muslim couple who uh, turned away and chose life. And and uh, a couple of the team, um, they've since caught up with them. They've spoken at length about the gospel. And this, this couple has already read the gospel according to Matthew and has come to church now and is and is trying to, you know, see and find out more about who Christ is, who who Jesus is. And this is the heart of it, that we don't just see lives turn away at the clinics because everyone is, I mean, when, when you consider uh, Proverbs twenty four eleven, it says, rescue those who are stumbling to death and those who are being led to the slaughter. And so it's, it's not just, it's not just uh, a death that is uh, physical that everyone is stumbling towards. It's, it's a spiritual death. And so our heart's desire is not just to see these babies' lives saved, but to see God's mercy shown towards these families, that these families would profess faith in the Lord Jesus, that they would that they would start to raise their families up in church, that you'd see little children running around in creche ministries. So, yeah. so not only a life saved, but also souls saved in the process. And I know that will resonate uh, with so many who are listening to our conversation today. Some will be saying, how do you fare with the toughening way that the law deals with people who are pro-life on the street? And, you know, if you get close to an abortion clinic in some states around Australia, uh, within 150 metres, you can be arrested and find yourself dragged before the courts. 
how do you get away with talking to people as they're approaching clinics uh, or is that a secret <laughs> how do you how do you describe that sort of challenge that you've got andrew well it's it's a hard balance because it's an extremely sensitive environment and sometimes simply saying hello to someone can really um, set them off and and sometimes even just telling them that that you're there to love and support them uh, we've had police called out to come and and all we've simply done is saying we're here to love and support you. Um, so it's it's a difficult, it's a it's a very uh, hard place to be outside and how to minister God's gospel and love and mercy in the in these places. Um, I would say that one of the things that the abortion clinics do not like is us having conversations with mothers. Um, they say you can you can be out there, you can hold signs, but you can't talk to the mothers. And the reason why they don't want this is because they they know there's power in conversation. They know that there's power in offering love and mercy and support. A lot of the um, people who have ended up turning away have said that they've done so because they just didn't think they had that they had the financial capacity to do anything. And so we've just stood there and we've said, "Hey, we're we're here to help you." And 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 God sent me here to say you don't have to do this. And they've turned away. And one of the sad realities of the situation is that these abortion clinics are profit-driven and we're taking away money from them and we're taking away customers from them and I'm not convinced in the slightest that they're interested in about the, the actual choice of a woman. They're interested in about making making money. And one of the examples that we have of that is we, we had a situation where a lady was about to walk in and, and we just stopped her for a moment and said, hey, can I give you one of these packs? It's, it's just a, an abortion pack that we hand out. And he said that as she was going in, he, um, he said to her, just please take a read of it. They're going to try and take it off you. But if you read it, it might be, might be useful for you. She's gone in and 40 minutes later, she's come out and we said, hey, can we, can we do anything for you? Do you need any help? And she says, no, but thank you guys. You made me change my mind. And she told us that they were quite forceful upstairs in the clinic. And that's one of the realities is that I've seen women who have gone in and then come out crying, say they, they cannot do it. They, they cannot go through with this decision. And then they go back in and uh, the abortion clinics, they don't send them out. They're not, and you'd think that if someone is really struggling with this decision and is going out weeping in tears, that that would be more cons- considerate. And so this is just, just in terms of when we go out to the clinics, this is, this is at the heart of it is that we try and engage with the mothers. Well, I'm sure we'll be talking again on another day, but there will be people listening who perhaps want to connect with you, even support you. Andrew Novich is heading up this new arm of the ministry, Operation 513. It's called Project 139, with the idea that you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And uh, let me give you a website here. The Operation 513 website is the website to go to to find out some details. Operation513.com. And there is a Facebook page for the new arm of the ministry called Project 139. It's facebook.com forward slash Project 139AU. Andrew, thank you so much for taking some time to share your thoughts and your heart with us today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. 
Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.